words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. In this morning's epistle passage, we find St. John, uh, he writes about love. And among other things, St. John tells us that we are to love one another, uh, for God himself is love. However, love, uh, according to a com one of the commentaries, is not a definition of who God is, but rather describes his relationship to us as our Father. As the only begotten Son sacrificially gave himself that we might live through him, so we are to give ourselves to him and one another. The love we have for others is, honestly, it's a reflection of the love we have for God. Just as the love we have for God should be evident by the way we love others. And in, in the, uh, the 4th and 5th century, a church father, St. Augustine of Hippo, wrote, we who, He who does not love his brother is not in love. And he who is not in love is not in God, for God is love. Basically the exact same thing St. John said, just compressed uh, and packed down to a concentrated form. You know, the truth is, is that there are many people out in the world, many people who believe that they know God, uh, but their words and even their actions betray them. If you recall St. Matthew, uh, the other, in his gospel, he records our Lord saying, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. And how can that be, though? These people who believe they know God and, and obviously did uh, various things. Because after all, isn't, isn't the Christian life simply a matter of faith and hope in Christ? Uh, box is checked. We're going to heaven. Awesome. That's, we're good. We're safe. We got our get out of jail or get out of hell free card and that's it. Now, there's a lot more to it. We know that our Lord said the two greatest commandments, which everything hangs on, the law and the prophets, everything hang on them, is for us to love God and to love people. And with that in mind, we look to St. Paul and to his first, uh, in his, his first epistle to the church in Corinth, when he, where we find him writing, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but I do not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have a gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all the possessions I have to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoice with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. And now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Faith and hope 
you know, by faith and by hope, we might be able to do many wondrous things for the kingdom. But unless we reflect the love of God in our words and in our actions, we're nothing. And in the end, we ultimately will have nothing. Because we'll be told, depart. I don't know who you are. Because we don't carry Christ in us. And that... That brings us, obviously, to the parable this morning that Christ spoke about the rich man and this, this certain rich man and the beggar, um, the beggar Lazarus. In the parable, we find this rich man was undoubtedly a Jew uh, because he appealed to Father Abraham once he passed on to the, the next life. Uh, you know, we don't know how religious he was, uh, but he at least knew the bare essentials of his faith tradition. Additionally, this rich man, he seemed to have it all, as our text told us, uh, expensive purple and fine linens, as well as a lavish lifestyle. For after all, he, as our text tells us, fared sumptuously every day. Don't know about you, but I've never fared sumptuously in my life yet. So, Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving, that's about the... I think they'll do only Thanksgiving. No. In the parable, uh, the Lord tells us that Lazarus, the beggar, laid at this rich man's gate day in and day out, hoping for just a morsel, a crumb from his table, from these great banquets and these great feasts that he was doing. But none of it was forthcoming. Sadly, the only relief that the beggar found was in that from the dogs who took pity on the man, because after all, they're man's best friend, and they took pity on the man, and they came and they licked his wounds, he licked his sores, attempting to bring some measure of relief. It's sad that the, these animals, uh, in one respect, it's sad that the animals actually showed more love and concern for this guy than his fellow human being did. But as Christ tells us, when the beggar died, other than uh, uh, relief when the beggar died, this rich man, you know, obviously he was, I'm sure he was relieved that this beggar was no longer at his door disturbing the place and, you know, causing, bringing, uh, uh, you know, mangy mutts around and other kind of stuff. But other than that, the, the rich man probably could have cared less. It probably was like, good riddance to bad rubbish, but it really, whatever, my life's continuing on in this sumptuous way. Until the, this rich man died, then he was really concerned about things. Christ tells us that, the, that Lazarus the beggar was at peace in Abraham's bosom, whereas the rich man was found in hell, in torment. The rich man, despite his religious beliefs and his Jewish identity, uh, was ultimately reaping what he sowed. His life of sumptuous living, of... of uh, you know, just me, 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 and what can I get, and, you know, my elevated status and all this. Yeah, he reaped all his rewards in his life. He, he got all of his rewards, so in the afterlife, there was nothing left except torment. See, the rich man, he didn't love the least of these. Therefore, his perceived righteousness, you know, all oh, I'm a Jew, I'm you know, this, and obviously the Lord's blessed me, and all this, his perceived righteousness, because there was no love, 
it was found out to really it was just self-righteousness. It wasn't godly righteousness. This rich man was found to have nothing because he had no love. He received all that he could in his earthly life. But the unfortunate thing is he evidently did not care about his life in the world to come enough to take in the law, take in the prophets and understand that, you know, yeah, it's always been about faith, but it's about, you know, loving people and loving God and expressing that, that love. So we find the rich man in a role reversal, you know, now he's the one doing the begging. And he's begging Abraham to send Lazarus to his family and warn them, warn them of to not be selfish and not have a loveless life. However, Abraham said that his family, his father and his five brothers, they have Moses and they have the prophets. The same exact thing the rich man had, the same exact thing that the beggar had. You know, the, the law, the prophets two things which hang on the very the, the most foundational stuff of love God and love people if you take the Ten Commandments half of them pertain to our relationship with God and half of them pertain to our relationship with man and you could probably find a decent dividing of the 613 commandments through the five books of Moses it might not be right down the line because that's an odd number but there's probably a healthy balance of God and man in that mix. So Abraham says, if you have all this and you still can't get it right, how? what do you expect them to get it right for? If they, like the rich man, can't be persuaded by the Holy Scriptures to live a righteous life where one's devotion to God is reflected in one's treatment of others, they, they will not be persuaded by someone who's raised from the dead. The rich man, as a, Jew, as a Jew, he knew better. He had a degree of knowledge when it came to the scriptures, as all Jews did. You know, back then, I mean, um, there was different houses of studies, and, you know, you had to memorize scripture and memorize psalms and various things like that. So they kind of had it in them. That's why so many times... You know, no, Jesus and the apostles, they're not quoting chapter and verse. They can just say this, and they all know what they're talking about because that's inside them. It's part of who they are. And so this guy had no excuse. Yet he didn't care to love as God loves. And that was this rich man's downfall. It wasn't his money. It was the fact that he had no love. So churches, we Christians, we as Christians are to proclaim Christ in both our word and in our deeds. We are to speak love even in times of hard truth. And we are to serve in love. Serve those that are around us in love, sacrificially when needed. Sometimes that means I worked all day and the last thing I want to do, but nevertheless, Lord, because you say, I fished all day and all night and I ain't caught nothing, but because you say, I'll do it again. You know, sacrificially, loving sacrificially, that's how Christ loved us. He gave his entire life out of love for his creation. Looking back to our epistle, St. John, uh, in his writings this morning, he ended uh, that, 
our, our, our assigned readings for today, it ends with him saying, This commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. So we, all these years later, 2000 year, nearly 2,000 years later, removed from the time of Christ, you know, we not only have the prophets and the law, but we have all the canon of the New Testament. We have the entirety of the Holy Scriptures. And so we are equipped with these Scriptures, and we have the witness of our lives. You know, so what we need to do is we need to, we need to walk in godly love. We need to serve in sacrificial love, and we need to live in Christ's love to those that we come in contact, be they, you know, the least of these, the beggars or whoever, or the people who perceive themselves better than us. We must, in love, interact with the world around us. We do that so that our lives will be a reflection of the love of Christ. For Christ himself, he he humbled himself, he became man, and he was crucified so that through him the world could find hope through repentance. As the body of Christ empowered by the Holy Spirit, we are to shine the light of Christ into the darkness, the very darkness that clouds the minds of man. And thank God that Christian love overcomes and it can lead men to repentance. Which, in turn, does what? It brings about the promised life abundant that Christ said he has for those who bend their knee and come to him in humility and, and, and repentance. So this morning, may we go forth and may we proclaim Christ in word and in our deeds. May we speak love. May we show love. May we live love. And now unto God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, be all honor and glory, both now and forever. Amen.